now I have another guest for you. And your name, please, sir? David Topping. Oh, David. Yes, we were just talking about you. Yes, welcome. Thank you. Welcome to Fuzzy Logic and Community Radio 2 X. Now, David, you've just given a talk about starch in food, I believe. Yes, it's about a, a, a new grain variety that CSIRO has developed, uh, which has been developed for its uh, potential to improve human health. Ah, and so what is special about the starch? Well, how long have you got? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've been working on the prevention, the diet, prevention of diet-related uh, illnesses and conditions for a long time. And one of our earliest uh, forays was into the field of dietary fibre. Now, we know that fibre is good for you, um, promotes regularity, but it's also been in some ways a, a bit of a disappointment. Populations that are at low risk of the things we're interested in, heart disease, cancer and so on, seem to eat a lot of fibre, and we thought that the fibre was protective. Well, it turns out that while fibre is protective against uh, problems such as constipation, it's not as effective as we'd hoped, and in fact it was a missing form of fibre, which is a kind of starch called resistant starch, which behaves like fibre in that it's indigestible. And it's very low in consumer foods in Australia, most consumer foods in Australia. So we're working to build a level up. Ah, this is fascinating because, you know, just when we think we've got an answer, and it seems really simple, like the health message, eat lots of vegetables, eat lots of fibre, uh, then you'd find a subtlety. So there's something different about this starch. Is it, is it chemically different? Is it to do no. with... It's, no? it's a, it's a, some of it's uh, due to the structure of the starch, but uh, just so that your listeners are aware, starch is the main component, for example, of potatoes or white bread. It's made of glucose. We digest it, and we get energy from it. It was thought that we digested all of it uh, in, in prepared foods, but it turns out that a fraction of it, depending on whether it's whole grain foods or whether the food has been cooked or cooled, a fraction of it... Um, is not digestible and it behaves like fiber the big difference between it and traditional fiber the more traditional view of fiber is it gets down to the large bowel where it's broken down by the bacteria that live there and does it make up much of the bulk of what goes through no your fiber is uh, this form of fiber is a very poor bulking agent because most of it is fermented by the bacteria and the bacteria occupy less space ah now it there's something to do about the Australian diet that affects the, uh, this, the currents of this starch in it. What is well, it? we have a very good and safe food supply. Yeah. And the foods that we buy off the shelf are convenient, highly digestible, uh, stable. The trouble is they're low in resistant starch. Because traditional foods, such as the whole grain foods consumed by native populations or the foods that are consumed uh, traditionally in agrarian societies seem to be much higher in resistant starch and it looks as if by you know the advent of modern processing techniques we've managed to get rid of it so we're trying to put it back ah do you know what sort of processing do you think is it cooking or cooking, cooking um, it's cooking and then stabilization what we're doing with the barley max is uh, our colleagues here in canberra in plant industry have developed a, a new barley variety which has got a a, a subtle uh, but significant change in their genetic makeup, and that leads to a different form of starch, a, a different polymer called amylose, and that 
taken through to the food provides more resistant starch. Ah, so you're calling it barley max. Yes. And and how do, where does it come from and how, how is it well, made? It was actually generated here as part of a barley breeding program by plant industry. Yeah. So we got together in, I think it was 1998, we'd been looking for a long time before then in human nutrition, which is where I'm from, uh, we've been looking for new sources of resistant starch because we knew that there that, that it wasn't, well, it needed to be put back. So it's part of a breeding program, it's not a genetic engineering? One, it was it? part of the conventional genetic engineering program. Genetic, uh, well, it's just traditional plant breeding. Yeah, which, which is which is genetic engineering, of by, course. but it's just not done in a test tube. Well, it's all inherited characteristics involve a genetic change. Yeah, I, actually, I can feel you want to make a comment about genetic engineering. Would, would not you like to? No, okay. But all I point out is I'm very fond of saying that a a Pekingese is a genetically modified wolf. <laughs> and I'm a genetically modified ape. I guess we're all apes. Well, aren't I we? don't know you that well. <laughs> but uh, seriously, this, this was part of the standard genetic uh, program, genetics program. They were looking at what controlled the synthesis of starch in plants because it's a very important process. Now, um, earlier when I was talking to uh, Eleanor, and uh, we were both telling our personal stories about how we're vegetarians and I gave a little uh, description of why I'm a vegetarian and what's to do with the fact that I was getting uh, chronic gastric reflux and I, by stopping eating meat uh, I've been able to cure myself. Now I'm not sure whether this is your area of specialty where you might not want no, to comment on this. I'm not a clinician, um, I'm a research scientist. Uh, there are a variety of reasons one could suggest uh, but these, because you're a, an individual, uh, you, you talk to people with clinical training for that sort of thing. Yeah. I, I'm a research scientist. We deal with public health. Yeah, no, I'm not trying to get you, put you on the spot and ask for a medical diagnosis. But uh, what was, I was interested in here, and I think it might relate to your starch story, was the connection to the gut flora, to the ecology of the gut. And my personal theory, and I want to talk to a clinician at some stage about this, and that is, is it possible that... Uh, by changing my diet so radically, I have uh, made a, have a major effect on my gut flora. Almost certainly. Yeah. There, there is a, a growing body of, uh, at the moment, what we call associative evidence, where they're looking at population studies as to what people do and showing associations between their dietary intakes or lifestyle factors and the disease risk. And the associations between the bacteria are uh, the activities of the bacteria diet and human health and also the health of animals is becoming much stronger yeah are you so are you looking at the uh, analyzing the floor of people's gut having yes csro has an active activity in this area yeah. because one of the things we do know is that um consumption of different foods changes the bacteria quite appreciably and uh, there are quite spectacular instances for example, a study carried out by colleagues from Flinders Medical Center and people in India showing that the feeding of resistant starch to children with cholera reduced the time uh, of recovery by a half. So it, they recover twice as fast, yeah. I should say. And there are data from other studies showing that the incubation of path pathogenic bacteria with resistant starch in the test tube changes the virulence so it's entirely possible that what you're seeing is a change in the bacteria. Oh, it's a fantastic uh, story and I think it's an example of the human body and our food as a system and you know your opening remarks about 
um, the type of starch, the type of uh, vegetable matter we're eating, and it's it's so subtle that you know one part of the system affects another part of the system. Um, now, how do you think this is? Does it, does it affect the flavour of anything? Is it? Uh, do people notice that they eat? Well, I just just say that if people can notice a difference with the foods and that stops them consuming them and taking them up, then it defeats the whole purpose of the exercise. We have licensed the Barley Max to uh, companies and the consumers are taking them up because as part of our studies, we do trials with volunteers. And so if they like the foods, then there's a good chance that they'll succeed. Not always, but a good chance. So our aim is not to produce foods that are noticeably different in flavor. So what reaction have you had so far to the sort of foods? It's basically the stuff sold out. Yeah, yeah. really? Yeah. yeah. And does it affect the economics of production? Is it for, for the farmer? Is it, uh, does it work well? Well, I'm not qualified to discuss that, really, but they're using a closed-loop system, so the farmer should get a premium and the, everybody along the food chain should benefit. Ah, now you used a technical term there which uh, I didn't get. Uh, what's a closed-loop? A closed-loop is a system where you pay premiums all along the line to... For As I understand it. So oh, you mean, you mean is, is, is it analogous to the organic label where you buy something that's... Well, we are looking to make sure that the product, um, the products that we're putting through the licensees are, are nutritionally appropriate. Wow. Well, that's fantastic. And so uh, is a doctor, David Topping? Yes, yes. Uh, thank you very much for coming on to Fuzzy Logic. It's been most interesting. Now I have another guest for you. And... Uh, your name, please, sir? David Topping. Oh, David, yes, we were just talking about you. Yes, welcome. Thank you. Welcome to Fuzzy Logic and Community Radio 2 X. Now, David, you've just given a talk about starch in food, I believe. Yes, it's about a, a, a new grain variety that CSRO has developed, uh, which has been developed for its uh, potential to improve human health. Ah, and so what is special about the starch? Well... How long have you got? Oh. <laughs> um, we've been working on the prevention, the diet, prevention of diet-related uh, illnesses and conditions for a long time. And one of our earliest uh, forays was into the field of dietary fiber. Now, we know that fiber is good for you, um, promotes regularity, but it's also been in some ways a, a bit of a disappointment. Populations that are at low risk of the things we're interested in, heart disease, cancer and so on, seem to eat a lot of fibre, and we thought that the fibre was protective. Well, it turns out that while fibre is protective against uh, problems such as constipation, it's not as effective as we'd hoped, and in fact it was a missing form of fibre, which is a kind of starch called resistant starch, which behaves like fibre in that it's indigestible. And it's very low in consumer foods in Australia, most consumer foods in Australia. So we're working to build a level up. Ah, this is fascinating because, you know, just when we think we've got an answer, and it seems really simple, like the health message, eat lots of vegetables, eat lots of fibre, uh, then you'd find a subtlety. So there's something different about this starch. Is it, is it chemically different? Is it to do no. with... It's, no? it's a, it's a, some of it's uh, due to the structure of the starch, but uh, just so that your listeners are aware, starch is the main component, for example, of potatoes or white bread. It's made of glucose. We digest it, and we get energy from it. It was thought that we digested all of it uh, in, in prepared foods. But it turns out that a fraction of it 
depending on whether it's whole grain foods or whether the food has been cooked or cooled, a fraction of it um, is not digestible and it behaves like fibre. The big difference between it and traditional fibre, the more traditional view of fibre, is it gets down to the large bowel where it's broken down by the bacteria that live there. And does it make up much of the bulk of what goes to your No, fibre is, uh, this form of fibre is a very poor bulking agent because most of it is fermented by the bacteria and the bacteria occupy less space. Ah, now there's something to do about the Australian diet that affects the, uh, this, the currents of this starch in it. What is well, it? we have a very good and safe food supply. Yeah. And the foods that we buy off the shelf are convenient, highly digestible, uh, stable. The trouble is they're low in resistant starch. Because traditional foods, such as the whole grain foods consumed by native populations or the foods that are consumed uh, traditionally in agrarian societies, seem to be much higher in resistant starch. And it looks as if by... You know, the advent of modern processing techniques, we've managed to get rid of it. So we're trying to put it back. Ah, do you know what sort of processing do you think? Is it cooking or cooking, cooking um, primarily? It's cooking and then stabilization. What we're doing with the Barley Max is uh, our colleagues here in Canberra in plant industry have developed uh, a new barley variety which has got a, a, a subtle uh, but significant change in their genetic makeup. And that leads to a different form of starch, a, a different polymer called amylose. And that, taken through to the food, provides more resistant starch. Ah, so you're calling it Barley Max. Yes. And, and how do, where does it come from and how, how is it well, It was made? actually generated here as part of a barley breeding program by plant industry. Yeah. So we got together in, I think it was 1998. We'd been looking for a long time before then in human nutrition, which is where I'm from, uh, we've been looking for new sources of resistant starch because we knew that the, that that it wasn't well. It needed to be put back. So it's part of a breeding program. It's not a genetic engineering. What it was it? part of the conventional genetic engineering program. Genetic. Uh, well, it's just traditional plant breeding. Yeah. Which, which is which is genetic engineering. Of by, course. But it's just not done in a test tube. Well, it's all inherited characteristics involve a genetic change. Yeah, I actually I can feel you want to make a comment about genetic engineering. Would, would not you like to? Okay. But all I point out is I'm very fond of saying that a, a Pekingese is a genetically modified wolf. <laughs> and I'm a genetically modified ape. I guess we're all apes. Well, I we? don't know you that well. <laughs> but uh, seriously, this, this was part of the standard genetic uh, program, genetics program. They were looking at what controlled the synthesis of starch in plants because it's a very important process. Now, um, earlier I was talking to uh, Eleanor, and uh, we were both telling our personal stories about how we're vegetarians, and I gave a little uh, description of why I'm a vegetarian, and what's to do with the fact that I was getting uh, chronic gastric reflux, now, and I, by stopping eating meat, uh, I've been able to cure myself. Now, I'm not sure whether this is your area of specialty, where you might not want no, to comment on this. I'm not a clinician. Um, I'm a research scientist. Uh, there are a variety of reasons one could suggest, uh, but these, because you're a, an individual, uh, you, you talk to people with clinical training for that sort of thing. Yeah. I, I'm a research scientist. We deal with public health. Yeah, no, I'm not trying to get you, put you on the spot and ask for a medical diagnosis. But uh, what was, I was interested in here, and I think it might relate to your starch story, was the connection to the gut flora, to the ecology of the gut. And my personal theory, and I want to talk to a clinician at some stage about this, 
and that is, is it possible that uh, by changing my diet so radically, I have uh, made a, have a major effect on my gut flora? Almost certainly. Yeah. There, there is a, a growing body of, uh, at the moment, what we're going to call associative evidence, where they're looking at population studies as to what people do and showing associations between their dietary intakes or lifestyle factors and the disease risk and the associations between the bacteria, uh, the activities of the bacteria, diet and human health, and also the health of animals is becoming much stronger. Yeah. Are you, so are you looking at the, uh, analyzing the flora of people's gut having eaten yes. this Yes, CSRO has an active activity in this area yeah. because one of the things we do know is that um, consumption of different foods changes the bacteria quite appreciably and uh, there are quite spectacular instances for example a study carried out by colleagues from Flinders Medical Center and people in India showing that the feeding of resistant starch to children with cholera reduced the time uh, of recovery by a half so it, they recover twice as fast yeah. I should say and there are, are data from other studies showing that the incubation of path pathogenic bacteria with resistant starch in the test tube changes the virulence so it's entirely possible that what you're seeing is a change in the bacteria. Oh, it's a fantastic uh, story and I think it's an example of the human body and our food as a system and you know your opening remarks about um, the type of starch, the type of uh, vegetable matter we're eating and it's it's so subtle that you know one part of the system affects another part of the system. Um, now, how do you think this is? Does it affect the flavour of anything? Is it? Uh, do people notice that they eat? Well, I just just say that if people can notice a difference with the foods and that stops them consuming them and taking them up, then it defeats the whole purpose of the exercise. We have licensed the Barley Max to uh, companies and the consumers are taking them up because as part of our studies we do trials with volunteers and so if they like the foods then there's a good chance that they'll succeed not always but a good chance so our aim is not to produce foods that are noticeably different in flavor so what reaction have you had so far to the sort of foods it's basically the stuff sold out yeah really yeah, yeah. yeah. And does it affect the economics of production? Is it for, for the farmer? Is it, uh, does it work well? Well, I'm not qualified to discuss that, really, but they're using a closed-loop system, so the farmer should get a premium and the, everybody along the food chain should benefit. Ah, now you used a technical term there which uh, I didn't get. Uh, what's a closed-loop? A closed-loop is a system where you pay premiums all along the line to... As I understand it. So oh, you mean, you mean is, is it analogous to the organic label where you buy something that's... Well, we are looking to make sure that the product, um, the products that we're putting through the licensees are, are nutritionally appropriate. Wow. Well, that's fantastic. And so uh, is a doctor, David Topping. Yes, yes. Uh, thank you very much for coming on to Fuzzy Logic. It's been most interesting. Now I have another guest for you. And... Uh, your name, please, sir? David Topping. Oh, David. Yes, we were just talking about you. Yes. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome to Fuzzy Logic and Community Radio 2 X. Now, David, you've just given a talk about starch in food, I believe. Yes, it's about a, a, a new grain variety that CSRO has developed, uh, which has been developed for its uh, potential to improve human health. Ah, and so what is special about the starch? Well... 
How long have you got? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've been working on the prevention, the diet, prevention of diet-related uh, illnesses and conditions for a long time. And one of our earliest uh, forays was into the field of dietary fibre. Now, we know that fibre is good for you, um, promotes regularity, but it's also been in some ways a, a bit of a disappointment. Populations that are at low risk of the things we're interested in, heart disease, cancer and so on, seem to eat a lot of fibre, and we thought that the fibre was protective. Well, it turns out that while fibre is protective against uh, problems such as constipation, it's not as effective as we'd hoped, and in fact it was a missing form of fibre, which is a kind of starch called resistant starch, which behaves like fibre in that it's indigestible, and it's very low in consumer foods in Australia, most consumer foods in Australia, so we're working to build a level up. Ah, this is fascinating because... You know, just when we think we've got an answer, and it seems really simple, like the health message, eat lots of vegetables, eat lots of fibre, uh, then you'd find a subtlety. So there's something different about this starch. Is it, is it chemically different? Is it to do no. with... It's, no? it's a, it's a, some of it's uh, due to the structure of the starch, but uh, just so that your listeners are aware, starch is the main component, for example, of potatoes or white bread. It's made of glucose. We digest it, and we get energy from it. It was thought that we digested all of it uh, in, in 